Welcome to Fear Me, a podcast about fear the walking dead. Fear me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Fear Me Podcast. We're going to be reviewing Fear the Walking Dead's mid-season finale, (laughs) season two, episode seven, Shiva. So, Scott, what you drinking tonight? I am drinking a beer that my son turned me on to from Carbach Brewing in Houston, Texas, and it's called Hopadillo. Hopadillo, (laughs) that's cute. Yeah, good IPA. It's actually pretty good. I like it. Down in Texas, look them up. Carbach. K-A-R-B-A-C-H Brewing Company. Like Biatch? Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> exactly. it's probably, it's Carbach, isn't it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> Is it super hoppy? You didn't answer. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's medium. I mean it's you know, it's it's a IPA, but it's not a like a blast you in the face ipa <laughs> blast you in the face i think maybe mine is yeah what are you drinking i'm well Stuart and i are both drinking um eye patch ale which is a local brewery well that's the beer it's an ipa uh-huh. um from monday night brewing which is an atlanta-based brewery and it's cool. super hoppy yeah. but it's like a good oregon type beer mm-hmm. super yummy yeah. Got a little bite to it. Yeah, but I like it. A that lot way. of bite to it. It's like it's good though. Like drinking a bit of a grapefruit. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. It says it's got caramel and citrusy flowers. Mm-hmm. And a swashbuckling adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Glad you brought that. Mine says, "Please remain calm while drinking this." Okay. I have no idea what that means. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's pretty Let's good. Let's hope you don't. Yep. Okay, so we had the mid-season finale last night, Sunday night. <laughs> so what did you guys think? What did I think of it? Well, um, I tell you what, it was it was fun. It was fast-paced, but it was pretty confusing. Um, I think, Kim, when I told you earlier that I thought the the... It was kind of a really interesting episode in that I really enjoyed it while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. But when I went back and started breaking it down for our show and so forth, it really started making me scratch my head about what these characters were doing mm-hmm. and really trying to figure out um, if I like this episode or not. Um, it was fun to watch, though. I do have to admit that. I was going to say, I thought it was good. Um, I, I enjoyed like the starting with Daniel's dream sequence which was kind of, uh, you know, tricked you a little bit because you thought he was awake and then he's, Ophelia's taking her face off and then he's dreaming again. And most of the whole buildup with uh, Strand and his confrontation with uh, Celia, uh, the discussion with Celia and um, then Nick was all great. It's just the ending, I thought, killed it. Uh, It was the last five or ten minutes. It was really confusing to me. Uh, I, I thought the rest of it was living up to, to what they've been doing all season, but I, I I don't know. I wasn't really happy with how they ended it. And I don't know if that was because I was upset that um, they killed off Daniel, and I was just like, what the hell? Uh-huh. 
Right. But I, th- I think really it was, it, it just kind of, it, it wasn't illustrated very well, like how it all happened. It, it just all of a sudden was just kind of a weird blank spot. I, Stu, I agree with you, but I just wanted to mention, I, I, I don't know if it was even at the end that it threw me off. I think going back and looking at it, it was the last two episodes in general kind of threw me off from some of the stuff that was going on over the season. Um, so, you know, I know like, what you're saying. Like what from the, I mean, I know we don't want to go too much into this episode, um, mm-hmm. yet, but like what from the, the last episode did you think um, was kind of, this whole thing with Daniel going cuckoo and Chris for that matter seemed to happen way too fast and yeah. didn't seem to be something that was building up over the season. It just seems like they threw that into the last two episodes to really get some cliffhangers in there. Um, well, I think the Chris thing had been building for a little while. The I didn't Daniel, see it. The Daniel thing, it seemed like they were totally hamstringing his character in the past two episodes. Yeah, but, but I mean, do you see see Chris as, as actually, you know, oh. holding a gun on his dad and, and about... Oh, about to him? stab him? Yeah, yeah. no, I, no, that oh. was that was confusing. Yeah, no, I I got you on that. Kim, what about you? I feel the exact same way. I thought it was a good episode, but the ending really screwed with my mind and totally confused me. And I couldn't figure out. I mean, I couldn't even figure out like what was going on, like who was where, and everybody was all split up, and and then. Uh, Nick decides not going with his family and is like, why? And Chris all of a sudden holds a gun on his dad. Like, what? How did that happen? And like, it was just all over the place. And then it, uh, Daniel just totally went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And um, I wrote that too. Did you? <laughs> Specifically, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but, um, and I thought that Celia was very, um, I don't know, th- during this episode I got the feeling that she, and this is just about the actress herself, I guess, but it felt like she was very theater-oriented, like she had been trained for the theater. The way she held her body was very rigid, and she, um, the way she enunciated all the words kind of like just irritated the mess out of me. <laughs> and I don't know, something, something lost me on this episode. Well, I will say this though, and this is a, this is a really big positive I thought in the episode is they uh, they they threw the creepiness factor up to ten compared to The Walking Dead. That's true. I mean, with all the scenes with like the the uh, fog in the fields mm-hmm. and and uh, you know all the stuff that was going on. You know, when uh, Travis was running after Daniel through the fields and so forth. Man, that was creepy stuff. That was yeah. yeah. And and I don't think The Walking Dead's done enough of that kind of thing. I mean, it was it was it almost had a little bit of a supernatural feel to it, but even though it really wasn't, mm-hmm. um, I really liked that. Well, that kind of goes along with what we were saying. I think it was last week where we were saying that it was kind of like a paranormal, right, type feel to the episode. Um, but I think along with that, there felt like there was some very huge stretches of the imagination. Yes. Yes. For this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, just for one example, the entire complex going up in flames mm-hmm. <laughs> in like the matter of a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you this, though. I the ep- One way you can sum up the episode is it really sucks to be a guy on that show. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. yeah. As, as a guy on the show, you're just the next guy to go wacky. That's true. They, every single one of them did, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Strand is like the only one who's kind of held his own. Yeah. Exactly. But, oh, the rest of them went, went all over the place. Well, I mean... Except for, for except for Travis, but we still don't know what the fuck Travis is about anyway. I mean, that that character is just not doing anything as far as I'm concerned. I know he's like a bump on a log. I don't know what his motivation is for anything. I mean, he certainly isn't a family man. Yeah. So <laughs> we opened up with um, Celia just being like crazy and lighting into Strand. So what did you think about that? Um, I, I mean, I, I, it was, it was expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, she was pissed and she smacked him. Um, right. Everything that happened in that scene was exactly as I expected to be. He talked about him being soulless and stuff like that. You know, I mean, based on what she's been showing in the last episode about what her feelings are for the dead, that certainly makes sense. Well, she didn't accept that guy anyways uh, right. to begin with. Right. So um, yeah. now he's he's sitting there fighting her, saying that she, he is going to bury him, which is completely against anything that she's believing right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she's pissed. Right. And he thinks he has some sort of control, and she's like, no, 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 you do mm-hmm. not. And yet he does. So, I mean, he's getting his wish anyways. Right. But where does she want him to put Thomas? Like, if he's not going to bury him, I think, what does I she think do? She- I what don't think do? she really had a rational thought on that. Um, no. I think in the end she was she was okay with him being buried. I mean, she certainly emceed the funeral. Yes, yeah, um, But I think part of it, her emceed, <laughs> yeah, thing. Um, <laughs> I think part of where she went off was in the fact that she finally had accepted Strand because he was going to do what he said he was going to do, and so he disappointed her yet again. Or proved to be an ass that she doesn't like mm-hmm. um so she went off but i but you know i expected that i mean what else would she do she was not the kind of woman who's just going to break down crying and and fall apart no. right Nah, she came out with fury and smacked strand around a little bit and then uh and then told everybody get the hell out <laughs> um she's definitely a force to be reckoned with I was I was surprised in that scene that when Nick stood up to her to tell her to you know back off and give him some time that she didn't you know come back at him you know she actually trusted I, I guess that's that's what they're well, showing she, well she, she kind of did because she was like she everybody needs to get out even you yeah she looked yeah. at him and said everybody yeah, yeah but she did, she ended up backing down and right, when she right, said right. well oh you're gonna have this little boy do your work for you right. So. Well, the only reason yep. she backed her on is because he brought Thomas to her. Right. Otherwise, I think she still would have kicked them all out. Luis. Or Luis, Luis. sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah I, that, talk about unexpected. I wasn't thinking Luis would be making an appearance in this. Okay, so yeah. where no. did he go to get Luis? Did he have to go all the <laughs> way back to thought. the boat? Yes. I or guess so. did they lead Luis off of the boat at some point and he was just wandering around some, like, Oceanside town or what? No, he had uh, to be on the boat. He had to be on the boat. That's the only thing I can figure. But if he's on the boat... he can, He's got a place to go. He does. But why was Nick so damn dirty all the time? Well, Nick... Well, he had to put the blood all Nick, over him. 
kind of got yeah. I think Nick's very addicted to the blood. Yeah, that's no no doubt about that. Um yeah, he's become fascinated with covering himself in blood. Uh Nick's gotten a little creepy. A little? Yeah. I think he's gotten super creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was the interesting thing where he he took the turn uh, and is, you know, talking on the level with Celia. Right. About but to, this you know, whole thing. Again, that's another one I just thought it didn't strike true to me. I mean, it's just happened too fast. Why all of a sudden is he listening to Celia? And again, this has only happened in two episodes. Well, I was surprised by it, but I don't think that I was thinking that it was um, too far of a reach. I mean, I he was, I mean, he's, uh, you know, the, the conversation he has with his mom, uh, you know, they get into kind of a little scuffle because she's like, oh, you're acting like you're an addict again. Or at least he said, you're talking to me yeah. like I'm an addict right. again. Right, which I thought was one of the most confusing conversations they've had. Really? Oh, that was a good yes. conversation. I was like, what the? No. I did too. I thought that was one of the better parts of the episode. Well, it wasn't like, it was like he wasn't reacting to anything she said. He just kept saying, I don't know you, you know. I don't know who you are. You know, this kind of thing. I'm kind of... Okay, well, I will say that I think that the whole idea of him being as upset with his mom as he was, that part was a little bit confusing. It was like he had gone over the deep end quickly. And, but I think that, I think that he was, he was getting to this point for the past couple of episodes and we could all tell, and we've Mm -hmm. actually said this on another previous podcast, he was for the past couple of episodes we've been saying that he was showing some addictive attitudes like he he's definitely addicted to the idea of well the the he's getting the adrenaline rush thank you adrenaline rush yes of dealing Mm -hmm. with all of these the thrill ride yes yeah and that's that's replacing his drug but he's also he's also getting this sense of invulnerability that um you know I can certainly why his mom, understand why his mom would be really uptight about that mm-hmm. because he's not invulnerable. Just because you throw blood on it doesn't mean that, you know, hey, there could be a rainstorm. We saw what happened with that. Well, was it was it last episode when she said, or maybe it was the one previous where she wouldn't let him go because she said, no, you, you're, you enjoy much. it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the want... one before that. Yeah, probably, it was. With the pirates. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it, she understood at that point two episodes ago that he's you know he's getting off on on what he's doing here right. because mm-hmm. he misses that adrenaline rush, he misses the drug rush, he misses um, the the fact that he's untouchable and can right. and go into this you know the situation and survive it. And, and all so, those things I think are true. I mean, I agree with you. I, I think mean, he's, those, he comes those back are. out of it after getting Luis, and he's like, oh, I'll go get uh, I'll go get mm-hmm. Travis now. <laughs> But I didn't so, quite understand his overall, or just all of a sudden believing that the dead are alive too. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. that. I don't, I don't know why. Um, well, I mean, even from the earliest parts, he was thinking. You know, he said, "You're all joining my world now." He was dead already. You know, he'd given up on life. So uh-huh. it, it's kind of a reach, but um, he, you know, he kind of feels that he already belonged to that world in a way. And now uh, he finds Celia, who ha- shares, um, I don't know, in a way, uh, she's driving him, you know, driving his thoughts in a way that, that, yeah, there is a purpose for this. Yeah, and I guess maybe part of my problem with it is my disappointment with the character. I, I really thought Nick was going to be starting to be their go-to survival guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that 
he would be the part of the group. His mom would be the leader, but he would be the one that they would go to to take care of difficult missions or whatever that they need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead, he just kind of went kaplooey. And, and I didn't, I, I still don't understand why he would walk away from his family. Well, yeah. and he, In the end. Back to what you were saying, just for a second. Mm-hmm. He's always seemed to be like the voice of reason. Right. For this right. group, even though he is the addicted one. Right. Very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Very intelligent and knows what's going on, knows how to deal with um, adversity and stuff like that. And then he just kind of like flew off the deep end in just one episode. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I even said uh, several shows ago or whatever that I really was hoping they would not go back to his addiction issues because I yeah. really liked the way the character was going. Mm-hmm. That he was, he was becoming the reasonable one to deal with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, and, and, and I would have said the same thing about Daniel, you know, I, I, all of a sudden, man, those, those two characters uh, in that respect are out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's They've true. gone completely off the, re- off the reservation. Yeah. But going back to, um, him bailing on his family at the end. Yeah. That one was total, a total mystery to me too. I don't understand what drove him over the edge so far. I mean, I know he's upset about Celia and he's asking like what happened to her and who's responsible for the fire and all that stuff. Right. And and could not <clears throat> could could Maddie not say make up something about Celia or say something like we have no idea where she is. Which is you true. Know, or something. Right, right. But she instead she just stares at him. Yeah. And she's not responsible for the fire. She knows nothing about the fire. No, no. She has no idea where, where, where Celia is. She has no idea where Daniel is. Mm-hmm. You know, they just jumped in the back of Strand's truck and got the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that a couple of times with, with Maddie's character over the last couple of episodes where it's like she just won't talk to people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I when she was with in a couple episodes ago when or maybe even his last episode when Chris killed... Um, uh, the pirate guy, what was his Reed. name? Reed. Blackbeard. Yeah, and um, and they were, you know, and then he was trying to plead with her to understand him. She still didn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, she yeah, she put her arm around him, but she still didn't say anything, you know. Say something like, "I understand, I know," you know, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing coming out of her like that, and she did that in this episode too, where she would, you know, people would ask her things, and she would just give them a, you know, a stern look or something, and I'm like. Open your damn mouth. <laughs> you scary know? people don't have to say how scary they are. Scary. Oh, my God. That's true. That's very true. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like her character. I do. I, I, I like her, um, the toughness and so forth like that. But there was some things that happened this episode that, with her that just left me kind of like, what the hell? You know, like the fact that she was more concerned about Strand's situation than what the hell happened to Travis and, and Chris. <laughs> She's been doing that for a while, though, now. I think, well, you know, I think she's just, you know, she's reading some viewer input on that one. (laughs) (laughs) She ain't tying her wagon to that, to uh, Travis. (laughs) She knows he's gone soon. (laughs) Giving up on that horse. Uh, So you're saying the actors made some creative choices? Yeah. I think Strand's going to be on the series a little bit longer. I'm hooking my wagon so, with him. So I'm getting line in his that truck. Says Travis, I love you. Can I? Can that be more like Strand? I really like you a lot. <laughs> We're friends now. <laughs> huh. 
Well, I mean, that kind of goes back to what I was saying a couple episodes too uh, back um, mm-hmm. about how how that actress is just so. No, you're absolutely right, Kim. Yeah, she's just so black and white. Yeah, she has no emotion at all, and she doesn't play it into the character at all. Right, it works well when you're tough. It's kind of like the Clint Eastwood thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, and, and thinking of it, I I was trying to think back of where I've seen her before. The only time. I know she was on Sons of Anarchy, but the only time I remember seeing her was on House of Cards. And even on that, she was very stern, tough, mm-hmm. um, like a lobbyist or something like that. Yeah. But she doesn't have a soft side. No. And even when she was sh- trying to show concern in this one, and um, at the very end when she sees Nick walking through the, the mist, and she's like, mm-hmm. Nick? Nick? Like, she just can't, she can't do it. She can't Mm-mm. show emotion at all. Oh, even worse was when she was trying to talk to uh, Strand while he was digging the hole. Um, oh, yes. About, you know, how, is there any way I can help you? You know, I, I, I wish I could do something. You know? <laughs> that was And all weird. that, was, it was very claymation. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just, like, walked away. Yeah. It was like, well, he, 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 yeah, but he dissed her pretty bad. That's kind of why she walked away. Remember, he said, "Don't, don't, don't confuse us with big words like friends." Right. And incidentally, that was like my favorite scene of the entire episode. Really? Yes, I loved that scene, but I think it was all because of what Strand said. Mm-hmm. It was all, it was all one sided. I think it was a really good exchange between the two of them, mm-hmm. and it showed their vulnerability, and it finally mm-hmm. showed that they were friends, and they were trying right. to express that to them to each other. Um, but they're both such cut and dry characters that that's the only way they, they that they know how they can't be all lovey dovey. Mm-hmm. But it was still it was just a very sweet exchange. I thought. No, it was. I agree with you totally. And I liked I liked the dimensions that Strand is taking on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's becoming a lot more three dimensional. And thank God for Strand. Yeah, he yeah. kind of carries the entire show. At least the last couple of episodes. I mean, yeah. other characters have been doing a great job. Still uh, waiting for Ophelia to show some relevance. Um, I think she will. She's got the opportunity now. Yeah, and Travis is just, I mean, good. Is is Travis, like, the mechanic, really bright guy? Or is he the confused, not sure if he's really should be father figure guy? Or is he, you know, pick pick one. Pick something. I think he just did. Yeah. Confused father guy? Confused father guy. Okay. He's yeah. trying to protect his son. Yeah, but even that was kind of like, really? You're just going to dump the whole rest of the family and the group and all and walk off with him? Your wackadoodle son who took a knife, knife at you? <laughs> Chris is on a rampage. Now that... All right, so... <laughs> I guess let's let's delve into Travis and Chris. Yes, let's. a little bit, because let me tell you, young man, he went way overboard, way too fast, in my opinion. I agree. I think they. I mean, there was not enough building up, building up for that. They pushed his character too fast. Well, they spent a lot of time. They spent a lot of time on the character, trying to make him feel relevant in the situation and, you know, get past his anger towards his father and so forth. 
through most of this most of the first half of the season and then all of a sudden you know in the last two or three episodes which would be in the last two or three days mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. right all of a sudden he's he's gone completely bananas yeah. and now he's a rampaging killer mm-hmm. you know that i don't see the i don't see the natural progression from when he mercy kills a guy on a plane to all of a sudden taking a gun to his dad yeah, I well, especially yeah, especially um, just on that side thing that we were talking about last time when the showrunner came out and said, "Oh, yeah, Chris, you know, he wasn't trying to kill anybody. Like, what the hell was that?" Right, right. So anyway, yeah, I mean, even even with the actual writing, without the outside influences of morons saying shit, um, yeah, his his uh, his character was not developed in that way at all. Mm-mm. No. I mean, no. we the the weird thing was last week he didn't kill somebody, you know, to save right. he didn't kill the zombie to save uh, Maddie, right? And now he's wielding a knife at his dad with not right. without a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very odd, and the him running off was not that weird, no. but him holding a little kid hostage so that, that another that guy was, does that, not that did not make any sense. No, that was weird. That was very ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and and for him to be like. Look at me, or, or what did he say? I'm no good. I'm no good. Right. Like, okay, so I can see where he's coming from with that. Like, he thinks that his family mm-hmm. um, doesn't trust him and that they think that he's going off the deep end and whatever. But to live up to that, like, why don't you try to change their point of view instead of feeding into their point of view? Right. Well, I mean, I could see him saying something like that sitting on a wall outside the compound. Yeah. Talking to his dad, but not not with not holding hostage a little kid yeah. when he's saying it. Yeah, that was just way too much of a reach. And then pulling way a gun much. on his dad. I'm mean, like, I know, like that's. I thought it was even worse when he took a swing at him with the knife. I know. Yeah, that's big time. I don't yeah. get it. When, I mean, yeah, he was holding a kid hostage, which is bad, but in an effort to keep his dad from finding where he is. Mm-hmm. But when he actually pulls a weapon on his dad, I agree yeah. with you, Scott. It's like, it's yeah, it's that much worse. Yeah, it, it, I just thought I just thought that he that needs whole, to go to timeout. Yeah, he needs to go to timeout. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, but I don't think Dad has to go to timeout with him. No, I'm going to talk to my kids about pulling knives on me again tomorrow. Oh, well, you put him in timeout when when that happens, right? Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh. Of the relationships that made sense, that was the second to bottom one that made sense to me. Yeah, I agree. But I I think I'm kind of happy that Travis decided to go off with Chris. The fact I, that he's... You know, it's funny. I am too. I am too. I mean, and not, not even the fact that... <laughs> I think Nick was too. <laughs> it's not even the fact that I don't really <laughs> like the character of Travis at this moment. But um, mm-hmm. I think as a dad, I think that he made the right choice in choosing his son over another group of potential family members. Um, because with his son in that current state of mind, he needs to feel like he's being supported. And he's already lost his mom, as we've stated many times before. And so he feels lost mentally. Um, he doesn't have that support system that he used to have. And so having his dad there for him, I think, is super important for his development. And the fact that Travis actually chose to go with him is huge. And I think mm-hmm. that says a lot about him. Yeah, he said, I owe him that. 
Yeah, and he right. does. But 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 at the same time, no, and I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. If I were in that position, I probably would do the same thing. But but he spent very little time trying to convince Chris that he wasn't a monster. Maybe he did it off camera. We don't know. Uh, well, I mean, there was some. I mean, they were no, all talking like... to each other at, at points. You know, I mean, right. I, I don't think that he didn't try to help the kid out, especially with all the shit that's going on around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he th- he obviously thinks he didn't try to help. Yeah, he's just batshit crazy. Yep. Somehow. Yeah. It's somehow. Been written it written into his DNA. Yeah. Well, I I agree with you though. Maybe it's time to have a little time out for Chris and Travis. And uh, maybe not have them on for a couple well, episodes. The writers are like, God, what the hell do we do with these two? <laughs> Let's have them go take a walkabout. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Speaking of walkabout, Travis's feet were pretty gnarly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was yeah, that was surprising. Kim yeah, was like, you... oh, what's wrong? Why is he limping? Right. You know, one thing I kind of laughed about, though, is when I saw that the first time I watched it, I was just like, you know. I was like, oh, man, he must have run right out of the building. But I went back and watched it the second time. He stops and talks to people and so forth before he goes after Chris. I mean, get some shoes. <laughs> yeah, but he's talking to them about Chris, right? I Yeah, but still, get some damn shoes. Well, whatever. I can see where he wouldn't pick his shoes up. That's fine. That's, I can overlook that. I think I would get shoes. <laughs> but, he had um, shoes on, didn't he? Didn't he have boots no, on? He no, not. he had nothing. He no, had socks. Because it, it was in the middle of the night. Remember, everybody was in bed no. when this happened. He was asleep in bed. But and I thought, I thought immediately he, he ran out into the field after Chris, but he didn't. Right. Yeah, I mean, he stopped and talked to people. But still, he's he's on a mission, so whatever. I, he even said to someone, nice shoes, didn't he? Yeah. Get some damn shoes. <laughs> but I also thought it was like cool that shoes. when... Travis was in that guy's house. Well, first of all, it was cool that um, we see this like path of destruction that Chris has left, like mm-hmm. little cookie crumbs for yeah. Travis to find him with all these dead walkers everywhere. I figured, I th- matter of fact, excuse me, I don't mean to cut in, but I, I thought at first the, the guy with the knife in his head yeah. was not a walker. I did too. I thought it was a I real I thought person. it was just, yeah, I thought it was somebody Chris had just killed. And I was like, mm. yeah, come on. Yeah. This isn't going to do that shit. Yeah. Um, but it was a walker who just happened to have a gun. Right. So that was cool. And then when he got to that guy's house, though, Travis was like a little detective. Like, he notices the picture of the guy's son, and then he notices the book that's written in English on the couch, and he starts putting all these mm-hmm. little pieces together. And I think that's one of the most intelligent things that Travis has done. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but let me ask you this, though, Kim. Why didn't he think that... Why didn't he just think that was the guy's son in there? Why did he all of a sudden think it was Chris in there? Uh, that's a good question, too. I mean, I think the guy was acting a little wonky, but other than that, I really don't know. I mean, I see movement under the door. I know the guy's got a son. I think he's hiding the son in there. I'm getting the hell out. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, Scott. I don't think I would jump that far to say, yeah. oh, you got my son in there. Yeah. But right. but the guy, like, he admits it, though. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, once once he made a commitment towards it, you know, the the guy gave it up. Right. And, and what a nice guy too. Yeah. What a what a bad position to I be know. in. Horrible. So what about uh, Daniel? Daniel starts Ooh. the entire episode off being a little wackadoodle, but I think that even his character just kind of like goes over the edge super quick. Yeah, but we I don't did we mention the fact that Scott 
called that the kid that was being choked that Daniel is envisioning from his past was him. Oh, yeah. And that was the start of the episode. That's a very good point, Stuart, and I want everybody to realize that I was correct on that. <laughs> we got to put a point on the board let's, for Scott. Yes, let's let's write oh that up God. on the board. All right, Ooh, good call, gold Scott. Gold star, thank you. Yep. Um, <laughs> no gold stars. Sorry, just a point. No <laughs> smiley faces. Just a point. Uh, you suck. All right. But yeah, so so Daniel goes deep into crazydom. Yes, way too deep. Yeah, we should pit him and Chris against each other. I'm telling you, crazy off. Without a doubt. I mean, he's like a dance-off. Um, but, I mean, again, Daniel going going cuckoos like that was over like a two- or three-day mm-hmm. time period. Yeah, that was, yep. I mean, you know, because am I right? I mean, we're talking about only a short yeah. period of time here, yeah. right? When yep. Daniel yep. hears the voice in the boat, and then all of a sudden he's he's running after his, his wife, you know, and I'm kind of going, what the fuck well him i didn't him i could kind of see it a little bit more just because he's been through so much shit that maybe there's some cues that are hitting mm-hmm. a nerve you know uh and that brings stuff you know like the emotional stuff back for him though you know it's like hearing the voices and stuff i i didn't know if it was somehow because he's you know in mexico and you know all this other stuff that's even though he's from el salvador um right. but uh, i i don't know I didn't know if there were some cultural cues that were, you know, setting things off for him. But I, I guess I could I could kind of believe it a little bit more with him. But, man, he went super crazy fast. And he and I thought Celia were going to have a, a huge run-in, which they did somewhat. Yeah, but, but it was an interesting run-in because I – and I couldn't quite figure out what the dynamic where, there was. But, you know, when, when – um, when Daniel's tied up, mm-hmm. and Celia's talking to him about the uh, the food and so forth, and she start, you know, she's talking about, "We'll help you. We have a place here for you," and yeah. stuff like that. Where the hell did that come from? Oh, like when she's. What do you mean? Well, that that she's trying to befriend Daniel or whatever. Oh, she's trying to convince him that no, oh, he can stay with no problem after yeah. she's tied his ass up. Right. Yeah. Oh, she had to tie him up for his own good, is what she was trying well, to do. Well, no tell doubt. Him. No doubt. But I mean, the fact that she was almost like but do you inviting think she him to stay. As a walker? Oh. As a walker? Nah, I don't think so. That didn't that didn't sound right to me. I think she I think she meant it as as part of the community. I just didn't understand why she turned that leaf so quickly. Maybe there was some sort of connection just with the fact the cultural, you know? Mm-hmm. Well she's trying to she's trying to defuse the situation as quickly as possible, even though I mean, she did have him tied up. The guy was going, she just sliced, he, sorry, she, he just sliced one of her guards in the face, didn't he? By the way, how about for that? I, I felt terrible for that poor guy with the uh, ponytail. Yeah, yeah, he got. He, he got, was nothing but a nice guy. He gets sliced and then he gets headbutted. <laughs> how do you know he was a nice guy? Was he opening doors? For he people? was always trying to help. He was always trying to help. And then, and then he gets left to burn to death by Maddie. <laughs> Yeah, she, that, she oh, sees really? him laying there in the fire, and she turns away. Oh, and I'm yeah, just that, like, man, that yeah, poor he guy got, had no help. <laughs> he got sliced by Daniel with his um, prison shoes. No love. And then he punched him in the face, and then hit him with the chair when he was still tied to the chair. Is that what it was? Well, he bat, he headbutted him. Oh, that's what it was. He had, he was like, oh yeah, come over here, let me see that. Uh, oh, and headbutt him. And, <laughs> and the guy was just trying to get him food. <laughs> that's right. You look hungry. Yeah, right. Well, I knew you yes. couldn't stay yeah, away was, from her uh, food. Yeah. 
Well, oh, that really poor guy. <laughs> that was our sap of the week. Ponytail yes. guy. That poor dude. Never had a chance. Well, let me say this. I think Daniel was my number one unbelievable character in this show. Yeah. Chris was close, but Daniel was was the... Yeah, I just... Man, I mean, well, I you know, part of it, again, it may come back to like I was talking about um, with uh, Nick, is I'm so disappointed in the direction they took with the character. Yeah. Again, I agree wholeheartedly with... I wish they didn't kill Daniel kill Daniel off at the end, if that's what happened. If that's what happened. If that's what happened. But um, I can't say I didn't believe a lot of what his character was doing. Mm-hmm. No. Even though it was a little weird. And especially since his wife is like right there and all that. Actually, you know the, what the, was the weirdest part for me with him was when he freaked out and grabbed Ophelia and was like, let's run to the fence because your right. mom's there. Right. Like that was like, where the fuck did that come from? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What? I think out of out of all the scenes, uh, other than the ending, that was mm-hmm. where I was just like completely confused as to why is he freaking out this much? Because they didn't even give like a hint as a clue to what he had seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the only you thing know, I can figure is is maybe there's a possibility Daniel's out there running around with Ronald McDonald and and Ronald Reagan. And uh, seeing what they can find out in the countryside. Oh, no, um, I tweeted out that he's actually probably on the boat right now with Alex playing cards. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and Ronald Reagan. <laughs> oh, my God. And Ronald McDonald. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I felt like Daniel was kind of struggling between... I mean, obviously, he was struggling between reality and what was plaguing him, his demons that were coming up against him. But it seemed like he was super desperate to get people to to listen to him, like Strand and Ophelia. and But there were a lot of things that I just didn't understand about what he was trying to tell them, like don't put Thomas in the ground and um, things like that. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, was there some sort of cultural thing there? Or was it... I, don't I think know. he was I think he was almost channeling his ex or his wife at that point because that's probably the thing she would say don't put him in the ground there because it's evil ground but why is it evil yeah. ground just because celia's there well because celia's keeping the dead people alive in essence uh-huh makes her evil so it's evil ground okay let the dead rest i just i just yep. didn't understand <laughs> no i mean it, it really it, the whole thing wasn't real clear, mm-hmm. okay? I think we know that, um, it, it, which is okay. It doesn't have to be totally clear to be compelling and to be within a character, but I think the extremeness of it all is what threw me off. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, I really like the idea of this guy being kind of, you know, a, a guy that's in charge of things. Maybe a little secretive, probably very cruel, but still... The kind of guy that will, uh, you know, take care of things on the boat. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, man, he was he was Mama Cash. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of like Strand a l- even more during this mm-hmm. this episode. Because he was like the only one who, and he always is, the only one who like said it like it is. Because there was that one scene where Strand and... Daniel are talking, and da- that's when Daniel told him not to put Thomas in the ground. And Strand's like, "What is wrong with you?" 
Right. And he right. says it again, don't put them in the ground. But it's like nobody else can see that something's going on with Daniel. Strand's the only one that notices something weird. Well, Ophelia happening. noticed it. Well, yeah, Ophelia, Ophelia did. Ophelia definitely noticed it. But she's yeah. so, she's so um, I don't know, stuck in her own world. Or inc- inconsequential. Yeah, like she just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't, she doesn't push it to that next level where t- Daniel is 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 able to face what's actually happening. You know what I mean? Like right. Strand keeps putting it in his face, but Ophelia's like, uh, like something's wrong with you. But you know, and it's a it's a little bit of a shame because I really thought maybe you know, Ophelia make you know when she and Nick were cleaning up after killing Reed mm-hmm. after uh, uh, Chris killed Reed. Yeah. And she says that thing about, I'm starting to get it now. I'm starting to understand what this world is like. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought I was seeing maybe her character stepping forward. And I don't necessarily think she hasn't. I just don't think... Um, I think probably she may be a little bit more relevant in the coming episodes. Certainly the group's a lot smaller. Well, yeah. I think that next half of the season, we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of Ophelia. She's going to be... She's going to have mm-hmm. to face who she is as a person and who she has been her entire life basically because she's always Uh been there to protect her parents and now her parents aren't there and she just she's realizing she doesn't she never needed to protect her parents because they were you know strong arming but um right she's gonna have to face that reality i think we'll see that from both her and alicia yes in the Mm -hmm. in the next half i think both of them will become much stronger characters Someone mm-hmm. actually um, tweeted, um, oh, it looks like Herschel's farm just blew up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> run, run, run in the fields. Which was also a finale episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they just split everybody up. Everybody just got split up. Yep. So. yep. But, you know, the thing about Ophelia is when Celia and Ophelia have that scene where... Um, Ophelia is like, "Where's my dad?" And Seal is like, "Oh, you don't mm-hmm. need to know." Or like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, he's if, com- yes, I resting. do need to know. <laughs> right? Yeah, she kind of backed off real easily, didn't? Yeah, she? like, um, why does Ophelia need to justify anything to Celia? Right. And why is Ophelia not fighting more for her dad to figure out where he is? You know, I think I think the one thing that that I. Th- and I could be wrong, and maybe it's because I don't think they showed it strong enough. But they may be a little bit afraid of Celia just because of the rest of the people in the compound. Yeah. You know, that she's got a lot of backup. But they don't really show that. You know, I mean, when they show the people, it's usually a couple pointing at them or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, they don't show the dudes walking around with automatic weapons and so forth that we saw originally. Well, I think that they, the last episode that they didn't show that much of that. And they had, like, the nurse, and they had a few right. people, like you said, on the perimeter. Um, but they didn't show that many um, of these guards right. or whatever that they would be scared of. There were a lot more this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But, he, but it was, like, the same guys. It was, like, three guys standing over there talking right, to each right. other. Right. Um, but it was still more of a presence than you saw in the first episode. And... I think you're you're right in that it would have helped a lot more to kind of show how strong of a person or compound this was mm-hmm. if they showed like a little bit more of that sentry element, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in yeah. the in the compound. But if they gave if they gave Celia a little bit more power backing, right? 
And yeah, I mean, she's she's like a maid. She's acting like a maid the entire mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. She's going around like making beds all the time. Well, making right. food, making beds. That's what she did. But she also has a, right. But she also has like Kim said, she's got a little bit of that uh, classical acting thing going on, which led me to think of her me being a little bit more of the lady of the house. Right. Yeah. You know. You know, ruling actually, over that, her household. That brings up a good point when when um, she says that was my son. And she's talking about Thomas. And didn't Nick say it wasn't, it's not your son? Or somebody said no, that. No, no, uh, Strand said that. Strand said it. Yeah. So uh, it can, the whole son, not son thing was completely confusing me. It is her son or is it not? With Thomas. It's not her son. No. She explains it. Remember, she explains it at the funeral. That's what I thought. She, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Well, she, just... she raised him because his parents were didn't care that much about him. Okay, so, so she, it was her son because she raised him. Right. Right. Louise she, is her not her biological right, not her biological right. son, but she but, considered him her son. But truly she was employed by the house. Yes. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She was their chief housekeeper. Which is partly why everybody kind of goes along with what she says, because she was in charge of the household when mm-hmm. the family right. was alive. Yep, and when right. Thomas was alive. But, right, she had special privilege. Right. But then she also has this hold on everybody with this belief system that she has, and mm-hmm. she's totally gotten right. everybody into thinking the way that she thinks. Got got a little cultism going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You're absolutely right. So she right. kind of rules the roost. Yep. And I think even Thomas, to a certain extent, kind of like cowtailed to her when he was alive and, and let her do what she wanted to do around the household. Mm-hmm. And that's how she got as far as she did. It's the Mexican version of Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you could say that. Never saw Downton Abbey, so really couldn't tell you. This guy, you should really catch up. Because <laughs> now it's over. I Thank God. <laughs> okay, so what about Celia? Celia was like all throughout this episode with... She had run-ins with Madison. She had run-ins with Strand and even Nick. I would have, I would have loved to seen see you know as creepy as they did some of the of the episode in which they I really do think they did so much better than than the other show on the creepiness factor. I would have loved the other to show see, as in The Walking Dead. Yes. Okay. I would have loved to have seen more of. Hey, life in the house is normal. Hey, there's a bunch of dead guys under the house. Mm-hmm. That kind of creepiness, you know, which would more, have been more like Herschel's farm. Yeah, I mean, take take your time revealing that there's all this going on in the house. You know, let 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 us build the you know. Oh, Celia's nice, and but man, there's got to be something crazy going on here, mm-hmm. and then we find it out. But they didn't let it build very long. They pretty much you, revealed it, you know, as soon as they got there. You mean with the walkers and the. Yeah, basement. Yeah, I think there was. I think I would have liked to have seen them stretch out the creepiness on that a little bit because it was, you know, it was a creepy situation. Where's that creepy kid? Which one? The Ooh. one that was feeding the dog to the walkers. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that... that kid's not. He's not a PETA fan. He's he's actually practicing juggling. Ah, That's he's right, got a he lot is. of work to do. He only had sixty. <laughs> um, Maybe he's the one that caught the rest of the complex on fire. Maybe he was juggling like flaming pins or something juggling lighters yes 
That seems to be a running theme throughout this entire series, though, is just the fact that they are pushing things too fast. No, not the lighters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) They're just but they're speeding the the timeline up so much that it's we're missing pieces of it. But nine out of ten times, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's what I've loved about this 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 second season is because they are keeping it fast paced and they are moving through things. I just think that that is one I would have liked to see maybe tail in a little bit slower just because it's, it's, you know, it's a great creepy, um, scary montage you've got going on there with, with the, you know, them holding the, the dead underneath there because they think that in essence, they're still alive. They're just different. Mm -hmm. Actually, it was almost written like they were like, oh, I thought we had one more episode. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) They're like, oh Mm -hmm. shit, we got to get all this in right now. Mm-hmm. let's just go ahead and do it all right because yeah there was a lot of things that they didn't elaborate on because I, I i'm not faulting them for for the pace of this series no i think we've all enjoyed the hell out of the fact that this series this season has run through these situations relatively quickly instead of making them linger for half a season like the walking dead mm-hmm. does um i think though in this one i i would have kind of liked to put the brakes on a little bit yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about when Maddie uh, walked out of the cell? Well, yeah, I loved it. That that was a pretty cool uh, cool scene. I think even that one went a little too fast, though. But I mean, it was really cool to see. You could see the range of emotion go over Celia's face, where she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in charge," and then, "Oh oh shit, where are you going? Oh oh fuck." Oh, I mm-hmm. am screwed. And then she's like, "Okay, I can deal with this. I'm good." I thought I thought the best look was when um when uh Maddie's talking to her upstairs and Maddie's like, "Well, I really want to learn. I really want to understand." And and then um you know, and Celia's like, "Well, come with me." And then they show Maddie looking at her and you can see on Maddie's face she's like, "Oh, I set you up." Yeah, but Okay, that was another, this was another sore spot for me. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking Celia trusted Madison way too fast. Like they're arguing, yeah. like a split second later, or, or earlier, sorry. Um, they're arguing about um, Nicholas and the fact that she's got her claws in him. And, and then all of a sudden, Madison's like, oh, I want to learn about that. And she's like, oh, okay, well, let me take you to my super secret lair where I'll open all these dead people. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but I'm yeah. going to open the gate and let you into it. What the hell? Well, it wasn't even that. Like, when she opened the gate, I was like, what the hell is she doing? Well, I think she had a certain arrogance about the the dead that they wouldn't they wouldn't bother her. she was her. untouchable? Um, yeah. And that she understood them, so they understood her. So that gave her kind Again, of Again, a little unbelievable if she's lasted this long. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, it's, right. you know, to be going in and, and like Kim's saying, you know, she there's no way she had that trust with Maddie already. Well, let me. And let me. to turn her back on her. I mean, it was like. Right. When she was opening up, I thought she was like saying, okay, Maddie, go on in there. But then she walked yeah. in. Right and let Maddie. Well, see, I I disagree with you. I disagree with you in one respect. I I think um, I think Celia really wanted Maddie to believe her. 
And yeah. and Maddie was somewhat convincing when she said, I really want to believe. I think she saw an opportunity to bring her into the fold, so she grabbed onto it. Um, now, let me ask you this, though. Um, they walk into the cage, and it, and the walkers don't really mm-hmm. do anything. No. Any other time you see this going on, the walkers are, like, coming well, at eating, you. They were eating, weren't they? Yeah. Even if they got a mouth... Yeah, but even if they got a mouthful of gore, they're coming at you. If they see a moving person, they're going to yeah. run after you. The kid just threw a dog in there. Yeah. Well. No, I, I agree with you, though. Um, <laughs> they didn't react. Yeah, and one the of same our with listeners. Daniel. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one of our listeners actually said the same thing. It, was, it seems like, uh, actually, it was uh, KR. Lady Dixon mm. KR actually said that um, she was that the FTWD walkers don't seem to really be that hungry. They just kind of stand there. Right. Well, they're newly dead, so they probably still have food in their bellies from being alive. Well, we saw the same thing, though, from the walkers when Daniel went down there to start mm-hmm. the fire. They didn't rush at him. You know, they didn't really try that yeah, hard Yeah, but to did you notice him. that when Daniel went down there, they kind of morphed into the people that he had killed before? Right. Right. But... but They were point... kind of hanging out like a middle school prom. Yeah, like they were all just kind of hanging out in the back, up against the wall. I think that's a very good analogy. Stuart. <laughs> they didn't have the right clothes, but I agree no, with you. No, they were just like, "Oh, who's that over there? Oh, look at Johnny. He's looking really him. sharp. Let's go talk." Don't go near the chaperones. <laughs> Who spiked the punch? Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, you know, I just didn't think. But you know, I mean, if you wanted to do that, and I thought. You know, those two points were actually very creepy points. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. very creepy scenes. I thought they did. Mm -hmm. They were really cool. It just didn't strike me as being consistent from what we've seen. No. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I thought they were good scenes. I like the fact that she didn't really complain. (laughs) Yeah. Once Maddie locked the gate, she was just like, all right. She was resigned. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what she believed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of hoping to see her whimper just a little bit more. Because you didn't like her. Yeah. I mean, no, I think she reacted the same way you should expect her to react. I mean, she she, reacted. was a good character. Yeah, I'm I'm resigned to this because this is, I'm going to be going to the next level. But you know what? At the end, she didn't show up, did she? No, that's what I was getting ready to say. When Daniel went down there, I really wanted to see Celia as a walker. Right. And that's one thing I was trying to figure out. Was that the same walkers? Was that the same seller and all? Because. Yeah. Yeah, she disappeared. I don't know. See, that's the other thing, too. I One thing I thought of when Maddie locked her in there is I was thinking, well, maybe Celia knows another way out. Yeah. You know, oh, no. that, that mm-hmm. gate may not be the only way that you can that's get in point. and out of there. That's a good well, point. I didn't think about that. That is a good point. We didn't actually see her die, so maybe no. she'll come uh-huh. back again. No, We didn't I see was... her, and we didn't see Daniel die. Right. We didn't see either of them die. Mm-mm. Because I was looking real carefully when I watched it the second time to see in the crowd if she was in there or to see if there was, like, some <laughs> gore on the floor that would have been her. But uh, there was nothing to indicate that, that uh, anything had happened to her. Floor gore? Floor gore. Okay, little so on my shoe. Th- so that's the point where I have, like, my biggest beef is that at the end here, Daniel goes in there. He's pouring gas on the ground. And then all of a sudden they zoom out. You know, he lights it, obviously. Right. Catches fire. They zoom out, and the entire complex is on fire. He only had a small thing of gas. Like, how the 
fuck did he catch the entire thing on fire? There, I, Stu, I think they were trying to imply something by the barrels there. Because um, mm-hmm. I think there was a scene where they show... Um, but it's one. That's what I thought. But there was something about one of the barrels that they were showing that were over his wife's shoulder or whatever when she was looking at him. That had some like a hazard signal sign on it or something. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that's what I saw. I just saw like a big D, I think. Uh, I thought I saw well, some. I mean, yeah, I mean, it definitely there. looked like a distillery or something. But it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that shit will go up. That shit will go up. The wine, not. No. But the distillery, possibly. Mm-hmm. Depending on what yeah, the they're making. It's spread way too fast. I mean, it even got the prayer tree, so that's like outside the building. So. How does I don't understand how that happened so fast. It was just way too quick, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, episode over. <clears throat> well, then and then that, and then you know they after, they led Strand outside the gates, but then all of a sudden Strand shows up with a truck. He went back in. Inside, yeah. How did that happen? Well, he squeezed back in through the <laughs> gate. I don't know. Um, he went for the truck. It was just a bunch of like really weird, kind of unbelievable. There was stuff a lot going happened. on. I mean, yeah. I wasn't as bothered by the compound blowing up like it did, um, because I, I, I a little bit of me, I couldn't quite place how long it had been yeah. since the fire started. It wasn't you know, very long for when Nick at all. saw it. I, I don't know. I don't know because you know the next thing you see is Nick coming over the hill and seeing it, but but it didn't give us any real time relevance as to how long it had been burning. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. I didn't. I mean. Okay, that's a good point. And and we also it also doesn't show us it also doesn't show us how long Strand was outside the wall or, you know, I agree with you. It did seem a little strange that he was able to get to the truck all of a sudden when I thought the wall kept people out. I don't right. know. It'd been like um, a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so where did all the walkers <laughs> come from? Uh, oh, they were working the fields, baby. Oh, yeah, that was the weird thing. It was like, okay, you see, like, walkers, uh, mm-hmm. because you're seeing silhouettes, really. But then you're seeing, right. like, some bad guys coming, too, at the same time, weren't you? Yeah. 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 The, the, and yes, then there were, the like, walkers, because you could see them limping. And then there's bad guys, because well, they're running. Right. They were coming from either side. They were, <laughs> right. they were convo- converging on them, and they drove through the walkers to get out of there. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, you, got yeah. to see, you got to see Nick walking with the walkers. But, yes. I mean... A- According to what we know, the only group of walkers that are there inside the compound are the ones that are in that cage. The burning, so are, as far the burning as we ones. Know. Well, how yes. big is this compound? That's what I want to know. Like know. the guy that cr- the house that Chris wound up in was that inside the walls? No, I don't. Think are we so. led to believe no. that? It was well, outside. Because that yeah, would be I think huge. Was, I think that was well outside there. Okay. I think it was in the countryside. Okay. Well, that makes it a little bit better then. And, you know, the other thing, too, is I'm not totally sure if there's, like, walls all around this compound. Because we saw a lot of vineyard ground and so forth without walls around it. Right. Well, yeah, that's like the plantation area outside the walls, probably. Right. And that may be where Strand was when he got the truck and so forth. I don't know. Hmm. Because it was where Maddie and all them were. When they well, ran into Chris. That was the other thing were, is like, how concerning is it outside of this compound since, I mean, we had like the people at the church that were killed mm-hmm. by Celia 
um, that were ready to come back and kill the walkers that Celia had, but they didn't Mm -hmm. seem to really have much of an issue outside the walls. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, maybe there's a random walkers around. Well, I think, I don't know. Well, obviously there's one because there's the guy with the knife in his head that Travis finds, but. Yeah, and I think, but don't, but you, if you remember the last episode, she, um, I guess Ocelia talked about the fact that they were hunting them down in the countryside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The villagers, that they were treating them as monsters and killing them. Um, I think maybe part of that area had been cleared. Yeah. In essence. And that may be part of why that was like so that. So it wasn't necessarily a really massive problem where you're just going to run into a horde right. or anything like that, but there right. were yeah, random you see a guy wandering around. out there, you go out and kill yeah. it, and then that's it. Um, that seemed to be my feeling of, of the situation in the countryside there. I mean, even, you know, when Chris is rolling through there, you know, you, like we saw the one guy he killed, and then we saw, you know, I think Travis saw the guy on the swing set. Uh-huh. Yes, but right. that was about it. Yeah, you know, he didn't see anybody else, and <laughs> and obviously this man and his son has been living in the house without any. Problem. Yeah, I mean they're out in the middle of the desert, so how's I mean it's probably sparsely populated out there, anyways. The mm-hmm. only people out there are the people that are working that plantation, right? Or vineyard, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> so they probably don't have much of a problem, and even the people that they had in the cage, there weren't that many of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you stop yep. freaking out and burning everything. Is all I'm saying. Pete's sake, man. Yeah, we got no wine. All right. So the one thing I would want to ask you guys about is, um, how do you compare the style of cliffhanger that they leave us with here on Fear of the Walking Dead compared to the cliffhanger that they left on The Walking Dead? Do you like the style better? Do you not? What do you I think? don't. I don't know that there's really that much of a comparison. Again, I was I was kind of peeved by how they ended the entire thing, but not because of the cliffhanger part. I was just like, what the hell just happened? Um, whereas, I, I, you know, I, I, losing the character of Daniel, I think you called it, so I wasn't too shocked that he was gone. I don't like that he's gone, but... Um, it wasn't like what happened with, uh, you know, Negan and who's he going to kill kind of thing. Yep. I think with the whole Negan thing, like, I had a visceral reaction. I was, like, my palms were sweaty. I was anticipating what was going to happen. And I was, like, pretty much in panic mode. With this one, I'm like, meh. <laughs> like, a cliffhanger is a cliffhanger. Yeah. And I think that's a, a style that just about every show uses and it's expected on a finale on a mid-season or a season finale so you expect there to be something that's left unsaid at the end of the show um this one was just a typical cliffhanger for me like it's pretty much like any other season of the walking dead i guess you could say i mean you could take it back to season let's see what season was that season two with herschel's farm when it went up It felt a lot like that cliffhanger where we didn't know if um, um, Andrea was alive yet because she had gotten left behind at the farm. And we didn't know about uh, Michonne yet. That doesn't happen until the next season. But, um, you know, there's a lot we don't know during that episode. And the same thing is happening with this. In both episodes, they're all split up. They're all um, like one-on-one. And um, they don't know what's happened to each other. It was the same exact feel. And and so it's like, 
Okay. Yeah, but I have to say uh, this one this one fell a little flat to me. I agree. see. I see. I I, I, I got as... the, I got a completely different take on it from you guys. To tell you the truth. Okay. I mean, that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear you talking positive. about. No, <laughs> I mean, for me, um, that when you ended The Walking Dead with who did Negan kill? That's like there's that's the whole conversation about the show. That's it. I mean, you've got yeah. who who did Negan kill? That's it. That's it. This ended with several cliffhangers going on. This ended for me with more things to discuss, more things to speculate on. I, I mm-hmm. personally, I liked the softer click cliffhanger here. I, I, I personally, I like to have a little bit more stuff to speculate on. I don't want to mm-hmm. be just like, oh, it's just who is this, and then we come back and we, we find out he kills somebody that we we thought was kind of lame, and then we're like, oh, okay, well, that was it. All right. Right, mm-hmm. you know, or he actually I mean, was pulling a gallon I, I mean, and I, just like beat the hell out yeah, of a watermelon. Exactly. Yeah. I see what you're saying, and I, and I actually agree with you. I think I'm just coming at it from the emotional response to what happened with right. Negan. Like, I have never had that sort of reaction to a TV show before, and probably never will again. And that was probably one of the best well, shows and ever. keep in mind, too, you're in comparing opinion. a season finale compared to a mid-season finale. Well, right. And right. of a season show. But my point is, is that they're leaving more avenues open <clears throat> for the second part of this season, whereas yes. everything in The Walking Dead is focused on what happened in that last scene. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, too. But it's hard to remember that since we're right. going into a summer break. And normally that's a end of season type of break instead of a mid season. So it makes sense that they're doing it this way. And I do like that. Well, I was going to say, I do like the fact that we don't know whether Daniel is dead or not. But of course, on the Talking Dead, Gail Ann Hurd had to ruin it all by saying that the producers are going into this thinking he's not dead. So like, we don't. Yeah, I guess we but could they said they left it open. Before. Didn't they say they didn't they? She said they left it open. They left it open, but I, yeah. did, you know, that's I mean, shit. Um, Point is, they shouldn't have said anything. Right. But secondly, I mean, <clears throat> I like that we don't know. We don't really know what's going on with Daniel at this point, right? And then we still have the whole Chris and Nick thing, like those, and even Travis. Like they're all crazy now, and we don't know what direction they're right. going to go in. So that's kind of exciting. As much as as much as this episode confused us on these characters, I still anticipate that I'll be excited to see the second half of this start up because we have several different avenues to look at here. Yeah, I agree. It's with not that. just mm-hmm. it's just not all funneled into one particular item. And yeah, and now I can you know I listen. I I told you I was frustrated with the Walking Dead one because it was all focused on that one thing. I I still would rather have some other compelling things maybe happening on the outside. I mean, but with the fear of the Walking Dead, we still got maybe Alex out there. We still got um, we still got uh, what's his name, Loverboy, Connor, Connor, and Jake. Jake, you know, um, or Jack, 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 Jack. (laughs) You know, we we still got pirates. Possibly, we don't know if they were the only pirates. Um, mm-hmm. Tobias, you know, there's all kinds. Tobias, no, um, but 
I think we've got a lot of compelling issues still in play. Whereas in The Walking Dead, everything's kind of like eh, congealed on Negan. So well, again, I, I enjoy this more myself. We don't have a comic book to fall back on with this one. No. no so don't. it's it's easier for them to kind of like go off in these several different directions and us not know what's going to happen. They don't have to follow the comics. I know, but... There's they... no compelling reason to follow the comics at this point. I agree with you, but they are. To a certain Except extent. Except for the, the character of Negan, which is pretty much a compelling reason for them to follow. Well, they yes. better follow him to a certain extent. At yeah, least at the beginning. And then they can they kind of diverge. But right. still. Uh, the point remains that they do not have a comic book to fall back on for, the wa- for Fear of the Walking Dead. <clears throat> excuse me still recovering from a cold <clears throat> so um it's easier for them to kind of go off on these little tangents and these little sideline stories you know word up sister which i think is great i think it's great mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. fine with that yeah i think i think that offers us a lot more fun um i also think we need to probably go to break um, yes. We've had a good bit of time here. So um, we're going to take a break for a couple of minutes and we'll come back and talk about um, some of our listeners have given us comments on different things and viewpoints and we want to share them with you. Seriously. And Kim has some news items I'm sure everybody's going to be very interested in. So we'll see you back in a couple minutes. Crazy. Crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy, crazy for feeling so blue. I knew. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so, do you guys have any more notes about the episode that you wanted to bring up? I got, I got one thing I want to say, and it's a little bit further on our cliffhanger thing. Okay. The one thing I hope that does not happen is I do not hope we start getting a bunch of separate episodes about our different splinter groups in on uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Like I, no. I think I would shoot mm, myself yeah. over a whole Travis and Chris episode. That would just that would be the end of me. Um, you know they're probably going to do that though. They I hope they will. don't do too much of that. Well, if they do, bad choice. I don't know. I don't how I don't see um, how they Kim, can get away from it to be honest. Now with them split up like this, I, I do. Don't know. <laughs> Just bring them back together quick. Yeah, get them well, back together quick, or or go over a little bit of it in each episode, but not not a whole episode devoted to one well, or two characters. Yeah, I mean, uh, could they just ignore them like they are doing Alex right now? I mean, Alex isn't really a mm-hmm. huge main character, so I think they easier. could ignore Chris and, and, and Travis for a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I would Seriously. like them to. Yeah, I think, I mean, in all honesty, I don't. I, I think the story would be fine if we got rid of them for a couple episodes and then make their grand ret- retrieval. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Okay. No, I so agree one... with you. I, I don't want to be jumping around all over kind of storylines. That's be Not on separate issues. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to bring up was... The scene when um, the guys are escorting Strand to the gate mm-hmm. and you see this figure in the background lurking and walking towards them. Right. I loved that scene. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was actually waving back. 
Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, then we find out good. that it's, it's just Alicia. Like, I thought right. it was a walker at first, and that's, of course, But I, I thought him looking. waving back at Alicia was, was really important. And even when yeah. they showed the gate closed from the overhead, he was still waving. Yeah, yep. I know. That was, like, such a sweet scene. And, and his line, too, like, don't worry, I'll just hail a cab. He's right. always got the best one-liners. Mm-hmm. I just really like that scene for the photography. Mm-hmm. I liked it also for the for the fact that it really showed that um, um, he wasn't giving up on them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, he wasn't. He 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 really realized that he wanted to be with that group, or he needed to be with that group. Yeah. And that's why he stuck around. That's why you saw him come back in there with the van. Well, he was he and with his. I mean, with the truck. Excuse me. Yeah, with his discussion with uh, Ma- Maddie, it was more just trying to make it easier on her. Right. That, you know yeah. that he was. Good you know, point. It's like, oh, you know, it's we're don't don't get it confused. You know, with complicated mm-hmm. words like friends, because he's right. saying, you know, he's trying to make it so that it's like, let me go. You know, they're they're kicking me out. Save your family. Don't worry about me. I can take care yeah. of myself. Which no we game. don't know if he can. <laughs> no, we really don't. He obviously also, needs everybody else. But he's also mm-hmm. admitting that they are friends. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was awesome. Yep. Like the both of them tore down those barriers just for a split second to reveal their true feelings to each other. Yeah, whatever. Well, what <laughs> Let me be Let me ask you this. Considering that everybody abandoned the boat, is the boat still there? No, that's a good question. I have a feeling it's not. Right. What what did Siri say? She's British. (laughs) Siri's trying to figure out if the boat's still there. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, put her on there. (laughs) Way to go, Siri. Man, she was asleep and then she roared to life. I must have said something. That's awesome. Did you put your elbow on your phone or something? No, she's on the other table over there. She's awesome. She is awesome. She got my back every time. Oh my god. Okay, so I about supernatural. (laughs) One last question: What do you think (laughs) the title of the episode means to the episode? Title is Shiva. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, Shiva is the, um, I guess, the ritual mourning time in the Jewish faith of death Mm -hmm. and the passing of people. So mm-hmm. I think this whole episode dealt with your your viewpoint on what the passing of people are. Well, I is. think it's it's yeah. Um, Strand it was kind of fighting to have that with Thomas, mm-hmm. whereas um, uh, Celia was you know this was the next step. There was no mourning, you know. Mm-hmm. So he was he was fighting to actually have some sort of time to. Uh, you know, appreciate the death where she doesn't even see it as death. She sees it as like the next step in life. Yeah. I mean, she considers it passing on to something else. So in essence, it's all how death is a passing in different ways. My confusion is I don't know that there's any Jewish characters on here. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely a a Jewish ritual. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a Jewish term of Shiva. Kim? Uh well I I was kind of thinking the same thing that Stuart was saying that um it is kind of weird that they would choose a Jewish ritual for this episode to be centered around when we have a predominantly Catholic society. Well. Um and they're in Mexico. I just, I just 
and they're in Mexico. I just thought it was kind of strange that they would and, choose something. And like you're that. you're talking about, um, you know, a, a ritualistic faith that this woman is even thinking about that is influenced mm-hmm. by Catholicism, but probably predates Catholicism. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking about how they deal with the dead. You're talking about Judaism. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm talking about like Inca, Aztec, like touche. Yeah, like, well, I'm just saying Judaism predates. No, that's, that's a very good Catholicism. Point. <laughs> Is that why they call it the Old Testament? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but no, I'm. I'm talking you don't get ab- to part the Red Sea for nothing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. T- <laughs> I'm talking about Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Prior prior to the European influences. Yeah, I don't think the Aztecs had Shiva. I'm sorry. No, they did not. No, but they definitely okay. had appreciation of the dead, which yes, I think uh, a lot of that is uh, in Mexico is actually, um, you know, carried on, mm-hmm. even even with the uh, influences of Catholicism. So, sure. Well, uh, we did get quite a bit of listener feedback, both about. Um, this episode and about some previous episodes. So, Stuart, did you want to start us out with some Twitter feeds? Uh, yeah, we had uh, Lady Dixon KR, who has, has given us some feedback before, said, anyone find it weird that they didn't attack Celia when they, being the, the infected, uh, that were housed in Celia's locker there, they didn't attack Celia or even look up at her. Also, I didn't see when Daniel went in there. So maybe they did eat her. Uh, I don't know. The walkers don't seem hungry in FTWD, which I think is the uh, exactly the thing I was what we were talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, at TWD said, "So did you watch The Talking Dead?" Gail Ann Hurt said, "Daniel's not dead, and we'll see him again." Peace out, Chris. He was annoying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was awesome. I liked. Uh, from Hercules Handy. Don't worry, Daniel slid under the dumpster. Oh, very true. And yep. and he yep. put a a cool little meme there too with his tweet, I think. Didn't he? Yes, yeah, he had a picture of the dumpster. With oh. Daniel underneath it. It was hilarious. <laughs> very nice. Um, so we also got a couple of emails, which these are our first two emails, you guys. So I'm like super excited about these. Thank you for both of you for um, actually sending emails to our email address. Yay. <laughs> Good <All right>. Lord. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So the first one's from Emily from Arizona. She said, hey, guys, I was trying to wrap my head around this nine-day problem with the plane, and suddenly it occurred to me, two different planes. This concept would not only be possible as planes follow very similar flight paths and could therefore crash in a similar area, but would explain a few things. Alex's flight presumably crashed nine days ago in the ocean, hence the reason for the survivors floating in a raft. However, wreckage was found on the land. Why? Maybe Alex spotted a second plane go down from the raft and headed towards it. If the man with that hideous spinal injury was in a second plane crash, he may have only been there a matter of hours before being found. I know it's a stretch, but it works. Also, I was Hmm. thinking about whether Chris legitimately shot Reed because he was turning or out of cold blood. My thought is that if it was in cold blood, Reed would have survived that wound. It only grazed his face and thought he would, and though he would have been alive when everyone entered the room to investigate, investigate. 
My theory is that Reed died and then Chris shot him trying to prevent the turn. Thanks. Emily from Arizona. So well, what do you think about the two planes? That's feasible, I think. They made it seem like it was just I, one, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just one plane. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense that uh, we had such a huge portion of this plane crash on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plane broke up. The tail section fell into the ocean and the front part went onto the mm-hmm. island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a conversation back and forth today, but I was like, why were there so many walkers on the island and they were in one piece, which I think we've mentioned before on the podcast. Yeah. They right. didn't just like explode or disintegrate or like fall apart on impact. Yeah. We, 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 expe- yeah, we would have expected to be some, a lot more brutal looking, yeah. uh, walkers on the beach. Um, and I do think that, that should have been, but I still think it's, it was just one plane. Yeah. 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 I think it was more just not thinking through that more. Mm hmm. Stretch of the imagination. And this, right, into the second point, um, since we saw Reed turn later, I I would say Reed had to have been alive when uh, Chris shot him, right? I, yeah. When you shot him in the face? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yep. Because it took a while yeah. for him to turn, for him to wake up. Right, right. Cause, but yeah, right. The fact that we saw him turn later on tells me that he was alive when when that went down exactly mm-hmm. but but very compelling points emily yes. yes and thank you for writing in for sure mm-hmm. we also had uh kara from virginia write in and she said i thought psychic service was great um i'm really interested in what is going to happen next week last week i said i found the chris story pretty interesting i can't quite figure out uh what he is going to do next and i like that however mm-hmm. This week, I really wanted to smack some sense into him and Madison. (laughs) I understand Chris's plight and confusion little more than Madison's overall bad attitude and hatefulness towards everything and everyone besides her kids. I'm starting to find her the most annoying and unrelatable character on the show. I think, Mm -hmm. Kim, you kind of relate to that, right? Um, Why is she so grumpy and unappreciative 24-7? If they are trying to make her the leader of the group, they aren't doing a great job. I have known great, strong women and mothers with leadership qualities, and they haven't achieved that by bullying the men and children into submission. Just saying. I haven't seen Kim Dickens in anything other than Sons of Anarchy, so I don't know if it is her as an actress or the writing room is just missing the mark on the character. That's kind of what you've been saying, Kim. Um, I actually felt a little bad for Travis, the way he was treated, or the way she treated him in their argument over Chris. I agree that they are um, also missing a romantic couple chemistry. They act like bickering roommates or siblings. Very true. Yep. Very true. Or even, you know, even distant cousins yes. sometimes. <laughs> distant cousins. <laughs> you know? I mean, geez, it's like they don't even know each other sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, Kara also goes on to say, also the whole Celia Seller of the Walkers mimicking Herschel Barn of the Walkers thing, I don't think is it is necessarily fear copying The Walking Dead or a lack of creativity on their part. I imagine if the zombie apocalypse happened in real life, there would be people all over the world who kept and used walkers for one thing or another. There would also be a percentage of people who who will believe... They aren't dead, just sick, or can be used as weapons, like the governor, for example. 
So that doesn't really bother me or surprise me. Yeah, no. you know, I mean, I think that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Yeah. As far as death predictions, next episode, I think it might be Chris or Daniel. This is mm-hmm. pertaining to the episode we just saw. Right. Um, I do think Celia will probably die, too. I imagine our group will need to head back to the boat soon, as I am sure Connor and or Jack and maybe Alex are in hot pursuit right now to exact revenge. I hope so. Take care and love so the too. podcast. Kara. Hey. Well, she hit the nail on the head for sure, didn't she? Yeah, yep. a couple of points. I mean, Good predictions. Yep, yep. You got it, Kara. Like what um, you're writing. Yeah, I'm hoping that we see Alex in the second half of the season again. Mm-hmm. But we will. We will. Yeah. I'm totally confident we will. Well, shit, didn't they just the kill off character. like a third of the cast? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alex is hopefully. So there's some openings, folks. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Apply now. We have some, a stateroom just for you on the boat. Some room on the ice for some new players. Welcome to Fantasy Island. At Sid Ballot uh, said uh, some good points on the podcast. My problem is that the show lacks pace. Not our show. This is the Fear the Walking Dead show. I hope. Yeah. Right. I hope and, he's and, that. <laughs> and an alt story timeline to push the narrative. Hmm. I, you know, I think that'll come with time. I, I don't know that they've, you know, there's still a lot of development, I think, that they have to go through on this mm-hmm. show uh, before they get, get to that point. But no, I think it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, you know, there's there's still a lot out there, and I think um, I think it's part of why I'm still enjoying the show is that there's a lot out there that could still mm-hmm. happen. Yeah, and a lot of narrative to be found, and we'll just have to see what happens next, right, Kim? That's right. And this we had one review on iTunes, and I'll let Scott read it, but um, this one makes me extremely happy. And so, Scott, I think it would be appropriate for you to read it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from James Sweeney. Uh, I once left a pretty judgmental review and one-star review. I was wrong. The podcast is fun and professional. They do a great. They do great. Fear the Walking Dead review. That's funny and a great cast. Love listening. Sorry for the bad review, guys. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that awesome. was the guy yeah, who left yeah. a bad I... review after the season finale. Thanks, James. I'm glad I... you. I'm glad you continued to listen, buddy. And you tore him a new one, I think. No, I no, did not. He did not. No, I I'm did the opposite. <laughs> I uh, no, I took his stuff to to. <laughs> I actually took it to heart. Um, I'm no, no. I mean, I think that's fantastic. I was remember I was the one who said I really hope he'll listen to us one more time because I thought our next episode was just was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. And he did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that makes Thanks, me James. happy. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I actually Kim, what do you got for us? He said a four stars or five stars this time, but hopefully it was five. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Just the fact that he liked it. That was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, Kim, you got some news items for us? Yes, we have a lot of news items, so bear with me. All right. So, first of all, they announced that Fear the Walking Dead will return on August 21st for the next part of the season. Okay. Um, okay. And so we'll be back in August with the podcast. And then this part is a little bit spoilery. So if you don't want to hear this, you can just kind of fast forward just a little bit. 
<clears throat> but in an interview... Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Yeah, put your you earmuffs on. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Dave Erickson did his, his weekly interview with them, and he said that we won't see any more of Daniel this season, but he may return okay. in season three. So, are you serious? They actually said that. He actually said that. That's that what I'm telling you. They're telling you. They're telling us way too much <laughs> stuff. Um, Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Stewart's not pleased. No, he's not. But he said, "Are you serious? I am very serious. Uh, are you okay? Are you going to be all right with this information?" I gotta leave. <laughs> I gotta go somewhere. <laughs> He went on to say that this cliffhanger is about the impact that it will have on Ophelia and what direction it takes her character. Now that her parents are gone and she doesn't need to take care of them anymore, where does that leave her? Yeah, Scott, you called that. Yeah. Well, we all talked about it. I mean, we said we think Ophelia is going to have a lot bigger part in the second half yep. of the season. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah, it's kind of like parents. I on love any time one happens. of these characters. Yeah, I I like any time on this show and one of the characters who we think really isn't very relevant gets relevance. I think it only makes mm-hmm. the show that much better. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and taking time out from Daniel for a couple episodes, taking time out from, from uh, Travis and, Chris. and Chris, that's okay. No, nah, but okay. If, if he's not coming back till season three, he's toast. He's dead. He's going to come back as like a ghost with oh, the mom. And don't be that way. He's don't not coming there. back. Don't go to Negative Town, well, Stuart. It does make you wonder town. how he's going to come back if he's missing six episodes. Yeah, how would he not? Yeah, exactly. How would he not come back? He's just laying on the ground. And He'll save him somehow. They'll be in a situation where where uh, Kim's about to have her head cut off, and he'll stand in and shoot the guy. <laughs> you know what? During the episode, though, I was actually thinking he, uh, his wife was saying, you have to... Come bury me in the ground, and I'm right. waiting for you, and all that stuff. I was thinking, oh shit! Now they got to go back to L.A. <laughs> exactly. Because, like, <laughs> this woman's pissed. I kept waiting for him to say, uh, "Hun, that ain't happening. It's <laughs> yeah. too far away." <laughs> well, honey, we're in Mexico. We looked. We didn't yeah. find. But we you're had here, to go. So, hey. <laughs> um, the ratings for the season finale, the preliminary ratings, have come out. We don't have numbers yet, but the finale, as most of you know, they were up against the Billboard Music Awards last night, which did a horrible Prince tribute, by the way. Um, Mm. (laughs) They were also up against Game of Thrones and the NBA playoffs, 60 Minutes, and the season finale for America's Funniest Home Videos. And unfortunately... Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> what a line! The Fear of the Walking Dead season finale came in seventh place behind all of them. Are you kidding oh, me? Really? Yeah, yeah. I, even behind the NBA fine or NBA playoffs? Yeah, because they've been kicking the NBA playoffs ass. I think Billboard was number one for the night, and then Ugh. like NBA was Ugh. next or something. And then there was two. For God's no. sakes, America, get some class. There was two different episodes of sixty minutes. One bit they were doing like a tribute to Morley Schaefer, who just passed away. So, yeah. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat for that one. Yeah. But I also read that their <laughs> numbers have pretty cut. much stabilized <laughs> around 4 million viewers since the season two premiere. So that's that's okay. still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they'll release the actual numbers the next day or so. Yeah. I think we'll see better than that. I mean, yeah. Come on. 
NBA playoffs? Are you kidding me? Uh, well, a lot of people out there. Looking. Nobody's watching that crap. I don't know. Apparently, somebody is. Um, the Daily Beast did an interview with Coleman Domingo, the man who plays Strand, and they asked him mm-hmm. about the viewers' reaction to Strand's sexua- sexuality and the big reveal about the fact that he was gay. Coleman Domingo is also gay. Um, and they asked him what it was like playing through the many different phases of that character from cool and charismatic at the beginning of the series to the more human side of Strand now. And he said that he feels that there's a parallel between Strand and the fall of Western civilization and society. So he's like going way big with this whole analysis. Um, He said, all of it has been dismantled because the world has changed. Victor was all about the way he looks, his polish, his wealth, and now all of that has no value in the world. That's when you get to the core and the heart of who he is. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's just breaking down barriers. Yep. Um, Yep. But he also went on to say that he didn't really think that it was such a huge reveal because of the way that they actually did reveal it. It was very organic and they just kind of folded it into the storyline. So the fact that he's gay. I didn't. I didn't think it was a big reveal. Yeah, it was like no big deal. Right. Nope. It was just like, oh, cool. And then it just kind of moved on. Yeah. I I, I, I mean, I don't see it as a huge revelation. (laughs) I mean, you know, as a as a huge uh, plot to the to the story either. Um, It could have been just a girl down there in the compound that he was trying to get back to. Who cares? Didn't really matter. But the way that they revealed gay characters on The Walking Dead in the past Mm -hmm. has been more. Hi, I'm gay. Yeah. (laughs) It was like made a point to say, okay, this character's Mm -hmm. gay, so y'all chill out. Right. Because there was a big issue about the fact that they didn't have any gay characters on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So, but who, who is Aaron? Yes, Aaron. Aaron and Tara, and oh, yeah, that's right, Tara. Um, Doctor Denise, of course, because she's with Tara. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Rick Grimes. No. And oh, Rick. Norman Reedus. Rick and Norman. And, uh, right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Chandler. So, in other news. <laughs> Coleman Domingo is also appearing in um, a show later on this year called The Birth of a Nation with Nate Parker. He plays a character named Hark, who's a slave fighting for justice as a lieutenant Mm. in arms to the Nat Turner character played by Nate Parker. Um, This was a movie that was showcased at Sundance Film Festival, and it was sold to Fox Searchlight for a record-breaking $17.5 million dollars. Holy cow. And it is a pre-Civil War story that tells the true story of Nat Turner, a slave and preacher turned rebel leader who um, had mm-hmm. a violent uprising that left 60 white slave-owning men and women and children dead. I, so, I, I thought you were going to say he was going to narrate it with that voice. Yeah. No, he is a character in it. This He's actually one of the prominent characters. story. Um, so Robert Kirkman's Outcast, they've released the very first episode online. So that's crazy cool. And I've already posted it on our Facebook page, so you can go ahead and watch it. But the show officially debuts on Cinemax on Friday, June 13th at 10 p.m. So it hasn't even been released yet, but they've already put the first episode out on the, nice. online. Yeah. Okay. Build up an audience early. Exactly. I haven't watched it yet, so I need to do that this week. Okay. Um, and then our last bit of news is that our friends over at the Walking Dead cast, Jason and Karen, and I guess you could say Melissa Hutchison and Duncan too, um, they just got nominated 
uh, for the uh, 2016 Academy of Podcasters Awards for really? the TV and film category. And the award ceremony takes place at the annual Podcast Movement Conference. And they will have speakers like Mark Marin of WTF and Sarah Koenig of Serial, Alex Bloomberg of Startup, and a lot of other people. So um, I think the Damn. way that works is people can go online and vote for their podcast to get the award. So mm-hmm. if you've ever listened to the Walking Dead cast, which you should have because they're pretty much the the they started it all with Walking Dead yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean they're they're the basis that everybody yeah. should be working for. They are almost yeah. as really good. good as us. Almost. <laughs> Jason and Karen are friends, (laughs) and they're pretty awesome. So if you've ever listened to their Mm -hmm. podcast and you like what they're doing over there, go and vote for them at the Academy of Podcasters Awards. So very cool. Yeah, give them a vote, guys. guys. They really do a great job. Yes, they do. And they're good friends of ours. So, Is that your last news item? Okay, so there's actually one last thing to talk about, and that's the fact that Preacher debuted right after this um, mid-season finale. Um, There's a whole lot to talk about with Preacher. And I think it's pretty safe to say that we all loved it, right? I loved it. Oh, fantastic. Sweet. What a thrill ride. I mean, man, I don't don't know what's going to happen with that series, but I am tied into finding out great characters. So I think it's safe to say... What we're going to do is, since this podcast, is this episode's going to be a little bit long, we're going to come back. They're going to debut Preacher again next week. So I think we're going to come back next week. Um, or no, in two weeks. We're going to come back in two weeks, you guys, mm-hmm. and talk about Preacher. Um, yeah. And pick up the series. Yeah, and then we'll start talking about the series. Because I think that we all loved it so much that we... We can't not talk about it because it was mm-hmm. so intriguing. So, right. um, and if you did not get a chance to watch it, be sure you watch it next week or you can actually watch it on AMC's website now. It's on there. Um, so you go ahead and catch up and then we'll come back in two weeks and we'll talk about the premiere episode and episode number two together. Yep. I think it sounds great, and that'll carry us on through to when Fear the Walking Dead comes back again. Yeah, the Preacher will end on July 31st, and there will be some Mondays where maybe not all three of us can podcast about Preacher because it's the summer break and we're busy. We got stuff to do, but um, so we'll figure it out, but we might have some guests on. Oh, really, Kim? What? You're busy, huh? I'm super busy. I am, like, book solid. What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing? I'm going on a research trip to Alabama, and I'm going camping. Nice. Yep. You still trying to figure out where Alabama is? That's oh, the you're funny. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so stay tuned. And if you have any comments about Preacher, go ahead and leave them on our Facebook page, or you can email us mm-hmm. at our regular email address. We'll just keep everything on this podcast. So same name, Fear Me Podcast, all that stuff. We'll stay the same. Mm-hmm. We'll just do it directly from here. We're just going to be throwing some love at Preacher for a couple yeah. of weeks. All right. Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we wanted to thank everybody for listening to us this season for Fear of the Walking Dead. It's been a ton of fun, and 
we are just really loving doing this podcast and we're loving all the feedback that you guys are finally starting to bring to us. So thank you for that. Um, so you can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. And if you want to get in touch with us, like I said, you can send us an email at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. And so, again, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to pick up the Preacher series. And in the meantime, just let us know if you have anything else to talk about or if you want us to review some other shows or another movie or something like that. So thanks a lot, everybody. Mm -hmm. Or ask us just what we're drinking at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) We're not luscious. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening. We've had a great time. Good night. Yeah.